This is episode number 412 with CrossFit founder Greg Glassman. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome everyone to episode number 412 of the School of Greatness podcast. Super pumped to have you here. And about five years ago, maybe it was a little more than five years ago, might have been six years ago, I did my first CrossFit workout with my buddy Graham Holmberg, who ended up winning the CrossFit Games. That's why I got into it a number of years ago. I played football with him in college. He was actually one of the first episodes I had on of the School of Greatness podcast, I believe in the first five episodes for being the fittest man in the world. And CrossFit really transformed my my life, my habits, my body for a number of years. And it helped me develop an incredible community. There were some incredible things that happened to me because of CrossFit. Now, a couple of years ago, I actually ended up transitioning out of CrossFit workouts, per se, going to the, the CrossFit boxes and and doing the actual workouts that they have there because I was doing more USA handball stuff. And I needed some different strength training. I didn't. I needed different plyometric training. I was playing a lot more basketball. I was just doing other things, long distance running as well to build up my endurance. And I decided to to move away from it a little bit. Now I still go back from time to time, and I'll do um, a workout here and there. But I love the idea of CrossFit. I do my own high intensity interval training workouts, which are very similar to the CrossFit style as well. So. I love the style. I love the community. I love what they stand for. And I wanted to bring on the founder, Greg Glassman, to really talk to him about fitness in general and how he started this, how he built a movement, how he cultivated such incredible raving fans from all over the world. We talk about his business model. We talk about uh, if if Greg's worried about uh, CrossFit dying out or not. We talk about how masculinity in the gym has been affected by having men and women work out together because it's it's co-ed, so everyone works out together. We talked about why having less customers rather than more can actually be a good thing. The marketing power behind having raving fans who get results. Why it's so important to do functional movement workouts despite the risk of injury. We talk about, you know, a lot of things are... Uh, you know, so many CrossFitters get injured and they're constantly going to the chiropractor or getting massage therapy or getting physical therapy because they get injured so much. So I asked him, you know, are you afraid of, of that when you hear these stories about all these injuries that people have? And he had a pretty good response for me about the injuries that happen in CrossFit and um, why everyone should be doing these type of functional movements despite the risk of injury. We also talked about why CrossFit is so effective at helping women have great body image and confidence. I was fascinated with his response when I said, what's the thing you're most proud of? Of all the things that CrossFit has done, what's the number one thing? And he talked about something in terms of women. I won't spoil the surprise for you, but I thought it was extremely inspiring to hear. So we talked about a lot of things, guys, and I think you're going to love this, especially if you're anyone that likes to work out or likes to stay fit or uh, anyone that has a business that evolves around building raving fans or anyone that wants to learn about how to build an incredible brand that's taken over the, the world, really. I mean, this is a huge brand that's taken over the world. 
you guys are in for a treat because we cover it all in this episode. Make sure to share this out with your friends, lewishouse.com slash 412. We got the full video interview on the show notes. We got a bunch of images there, links where you can learn more about how to connect with Greg and learn more about CrossFit and everything else. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube slash Lewis Howes, where you can watch the full video and all the interviews that we've done with the incredible leaders in the world on the School of Greatness podcast. But without further ado, guys, this is going to be a very powerful one. Again, make sure to share it with your friends. Click the share button right now on your podcast app if you're listening so your friends can listen along. Without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only, Greg Glassman. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. Welcome everyone back to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got the CEO and founder of CrossFit in the house, Greg Glassman. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you, Lewis. Thank you so much for coming on. And I um, want to share a story about how I got into CrossFit and heard about it for the first time. All right. I was, I used to play professional football, arena football. And as I was uh, getting out of the sport, I, I got injured, I broke my wrist, and I was trying to figure out how to get back in shape. I gained about 30 pounds, and my college football teammate, Graham Holmberg, was a trainer at the time in Columbus, Ohio, and started working me out and doing these different type of workouts that I'd never really done before. And then he told me one day, I'm going to go do this competition thing. Uh, you know, I did it last year and I got like top 20 
in the country for this like obscure thing. And I'm going to go back like next couple weeks and my goal is to get top five. And now a month or two goes by and I see Graham afterwards and I'm like, you know, dude, what happened with that competition thing that I had no clue what it was? And he goes, oh, I actually won. And I was like, what? What do you mean you won? And that's when I really started to learn about CrossFit was diving in to see like how my my buddy like did with this event. And yeah. um, such a cool experience to really dive in and ended up being, you know, a huge CrossFit fan and going to the games to watch multiple times. Yeah. It's been an amazing journey to see what you've built and to see how many human beings have been have benefited from your brain, you know, your your creation. So congrats on everything. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's a, and just just to be clear, um you know, I I'll take I'll take credit for the genesis, you know, the spark. But uh, this is a largely been a spontaneously developing community. Yes. The uh CrossFit Journal, which was fundamentally a newsletter that I soloed for for the first two, three years, you know, wrote every article. It was like starting a magazine and writing every article, which I wouldn't recommend anyone to ever do. <laughs> um, but that was that was a client's idea. And the, the first affiliate, the second CrossFit gym, the first affiliate, uh, was the idea of the of uh, Dave Warner that, you know, and Rob Wolf that called and asked to do it and mm. um, our, our best ideas have largely been other people's ideas um demanded by the by the community sure sure and so staff and i are are uh, more the stewards of a of a natural resource than we are the architects of a mm. you know nobody nobody could have um foreseen this and designed it and built it not not me nor anyone else. So would you say you're really good at listening to what the uh, the audience wants and you build something around that need? <laughs> um, I don't know how good I am. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I define a good idea as something that has an inevitable nature to it, you know, and what usually lacks is a champion and energy resources, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's some things that people say, you should, you know, the games, you should have masters and, and kids. Of course we should. But, you know, every idea has a, has a price tag. Yeah. And it's not, it's maybe not just dollars. It could be, it could be energy or, you know, and in fact, I'd put it in this order. The hard things to get the champion. Second hardest would be the time. You and mean then, champion the person leading the. That's right. Yeah. yeah a guy who's, who's goes to bed worried about it, wakes up worried about it. Cause you don't have the time to do I, 30 I, new things. I'm championing all I can. Exactly. And, and, and crushed by it. Yeah. And we're that way about three, four levels, three or four layers of, mm -hmm. of really talented people. Um, up to their, you know, got one nostril above the waterline. Yeah. And so and people tell us, you know what you should do? And, and sometimes it's just financial. Like the year the guy says, hey, it's crazy. We don't fly all the athletes out to the games first class. You know, I mean, it's the games, the games, the games is not a profitable property. Right. You know, it's a, uh, does it break even or does it make some it, or? I think it did this year. I think we broke even. <laughs> yeah. But I thought we did last year and it cost us $4 million. Oh you know, my gosh! Yeah, I'll, even with the sponsors and all the ticket sales and the TV rights, yeah, still, yeah, yeah. and know this, it and the thing's driven by thousands of volunteers. I mean, right. Right, this is really we owe a lot of people a lot, but uh, it's 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 not a business in any sense that I would recognize I'm, as a business. I'm doing my first big event this this week uh -huh. coming up, and we're in the hall, and I'm just like, what am I doing of this year of planning and all yeah. these volunteers? Yeah. So it's a very small scale compared to what you created, but hey, I understand on a small level. It, that's, it starts, and then it, and it takes off, and, yeah. and uh, sometimes the problems begin when when the success starts. Mm. 
you know, yeah. what are you going to do with this thing? But it's all it's all been wonderful. I don't have complaints. Sure. But I do I do find it um, delightful when I see people uh, imitating the competition space sure, and with sure. visions of getting rich. Or what, what was the grid or something? And yeah. You know, these yeah, other yeah. You know, startups. Is I that even you, around anymore? Or I, is I, it? Yeah, something's going on. Sure. Something's going on. Um, the, uh, you know, of all the ways to get rich, starting a brand new sport is, is like, would really be low on my <laughs> list of exactly. smart ways to, yeah, it's smart so. ways to, to sure. make money. Now, how many, I guess, athletes are doing CrossFit around the world right now? Can you calculate or is there a way? Um, that, that's a, that's a the million dollar question. And it's, it's come up with a handful of really kind of cool partners, you know, like we've had a long term kind of interesting exploratory relationship with Microsoft they wanted to know our friends at YouTube and, and Google right. have been interested and we were always interested ourselves too and of course media always asks how many CrossFitters are there mm -hmm. the problem starts in defining a CrossFitter yeah so I got a guy that's doing CrossFit like workouts but says he doesn't do CrossFit mm -hmm. so what do you do and it's well and then you hear it and it's you know it, it reminds me of the, the gym where you see the rings and the rower and the kettlebells and the and the barbells and the ropes and and pull up bars and like we don't do CrossFit. And I was like, oh really? What do you? What do you, do? <laughs> yeah, what do you show me what you do with that stuff? I'd like yeah. to see it because if it didn't look like what we did, you'd have to like do maybe the same thing every day, or you'd have a schedule. Mondays we do this, Tuesdays uh -huh. that, or maybe the pace is so slow that there's not a cardio respiratory it's not time. Like, yeah. yeah, but I if it they just don't want to call it CrossFit, so it's not. They don't CrossFit. want to pay the fee. <laughs> That's part, yeah, sure. <laughs> they don't want to pay and, the fee. And I'm I'm totally cool with that. You know, I never thought this was protectable. You know. Um, it's it's like a blueberry muffin recipe, not a piece of software. Yeah, you can't. Unfortunately, you can't you can't patent doing uh, can't kettlebell swings, it. right? Nope. <laughs> nope. And and maybe that's. But that's, you can protect the brand. We can protect the brand. We can protect the brand. Yeah. And the namings of workouts, I'm assuming, or something like that, yep. right? Or, yep. Yep. That's cool. That's very yeah. cool. Well, I guess how many registered so, members of gyms, maybe, or well, you know, the, you know that, uh, or, but the, we talk about those in the wild. That's the yeah. CrossFitters that aren't in the boxes. Right. And what is that number? But let me just answer your question sure. and tell you that, that it, it, we also do not know. I don't I would I don't believe if if so if if God had the answer were willing to give it to me, I would be willing to sit here and bet a large amount of money that it's not less than 2 million. Mm. I would also bet with this same you know omniscient entity the deity that's going to tell us how many there are that it isn't over 4. And cool. what's interesting I mentioned our partners um by by uh, they've come to the same numbers, but by some methods, just full of flaws. Hmm. But I, so I don't know. Maybe my method's not right. Here's what sure. we did. I took a stab at the at the financial ecosystem, and you know, I have a pretty good sense of how big we are, how big Rogue is, and you know, all the players. And so you make make a list of of thirty businesses that are at the heart of this this movement. You know, mm -hmm. the movers and shakers. And uh, make an estimate of their size, and then and then you have to figure out how many people are spending that much money. Yeah. And at two million, they're spending a boatload of money, and at four million, um, significantly less. Sure. And so it gets to the point where I just don't think that people are spending that much money to create this much this much business. Mm -hmm. Um. So less than two. But what's what's fascinating is that actually the so this is all very different than than the kind of Kim Kardashian social media mindset, the market value of, of my audience is actually uh, more valuable with a smaller number because they're, they're spending more. 
Mm. And so if you have, if you have, if you could have a chance of dealing with, with 4 million people spending 4 billion or 2 million spending 4, you'd take the two. Mm. Yeah. Why? Um, Less headache or something? Or no, it's, no, it's a super affluent demographic. Uh, sure, you know, sure. uh, anyone, anyone in business is proud to get the rich people. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, yeah. and I, you know, accuse me of any kind of a rigorous economic uh, mindset, but uh, I'm kind of a trickle down guy. Um, you know, I believe that y- you want to create a revolution, get the rich people on board, you know, and it comes about a cultural revolution. I get, th- I get them involved and it'll filter down. Yeah. You, you want, you're not going to get cars for poor people before rich people can have them. I'm not right, going right. to get, I'm not going to get people in homes with, with no means if you can't do it for people with means. Yeah. And what happens is that is, as that upper niche is, is satisfied, the natural tendency is to start moving into other markets. Mm-hmm. This is why, I mean, we just sat with, with Google talking about their help and helping us reach a, a billion Indians. Wow. You know, and, uh, that that's and and what's cool is that it's going to cost me a lot of money to do that and a lot of effort, but we're doing it because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I I don't have a sense that 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 there's a market there for us. You know, I'll give you another example that's where we're going today, the congressional forty uh, fourth congressional district here in California. Um, this includes um, Compton and Watts. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a hard hit area. There's a lot of underserved people, a lot of black people, a lot of brown people. There are 800,000 residents and I only got 12 gyms there. Mm. And, uh, it bothers me. And it, it's and the bother. Isn't it like, we got 14,000 gyms. I don't, I'm not looking at, the, at my black brothers and brown sisters and saying, I'm not getting any of their money. It's not that it's just that we have a, we have a, 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 a solution an elegant solution, maybe an optimal solution to the world's most vexing problem, that's chronic disease. Mm. And that community is hit harder than, than any other. It's the, it's the least healthy place in California. And I only got 12 gyms. Mm. Now, globally, we've got, we've got one, uh, nationally, we have a gym for every 50,000 people. Okay. In the U.S.? Yeah, in the U.S. And I've got a, I've got a, a globally, that figures 100,000. It's 100,000 folks teach wow. box. It's amazing. Um, I'm I'm under the I'm under the global standards that uh, in that in that district, you know. Sure, sure. And 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 I and I'd like to and I'd like to reach them, and uh, but that's a that's kind of a luxury, given that we're here in the states where the average gym membership we understand from really reliable sources is five x the national gym average. Wow. And so who's going to the boxes? Rich people, rich people. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them don't. I mean, the, I I train at the brick here, brick yes, uh, CrossFit. Yeah. It's two hundred, two hundred fifty bucks a month. You know, yeah. it's not cheap. Yeah, you go to Gold's for thirty five a month. Exactly. You know, so these are high end gyms. They're high end gyms, yeah. and but I do have people of of modest means that spend disproportionate of their income because they're that committed. So we got exactly. a lot of fanaticism yes. too. Exactly. But I would imagine a lot of gyms are doing what I did, and that I had I had several billionaire clients that made it easy for me to say no to anyone that just touched me you know i've never and, and it's like i can say this now because i used to live in fear of it getting out i used to tell people i'm gonna put you on a scholarship and if you tell anyone you're gonna lose it <laughs> right tell one soul and you know what no one ever did uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. well you want someone to keep a lose. secret yeah. put a put a paycheck on it you yeah, know? exactly not pay them but take from them if they if they tell and no one ever never shared but uh i bet a i'll bet a 
quarter of the people in my gym were not paying. Hmm. Um, and it may be another chunk were, uh, were, uh, their boss was paying, right. you know, the billionaire that, that was taking care of them. Sure. And, uh, I was really grateful for the, for the, the, the support of the wealthy. Um, I had a, a friend and client, Sonia Khan, uh, loaned me $50,000 to expand my gym. Mm. And I, I tried to pay it back when she says, no, no, you pay that back when you're rich. And I, I tried a couple of years ago again. She says, you're not rich yet. <laughs> I don't think she's ever going to let me pay That's it back. That's hilarious. Yeah. And, and, and what was I able to do with that? Everything. Everything. Work with kids and athletes and people in the community that, you know, people that I would identify out in the street had a profound need. Come yeah. into my box. You know, yeah. They don't have two dimes they can rub together. It's okay. Sure. I got you, you know. Yeah. And uh, I've got that same attitude on the global level now. So I'm interested in India. I'm interested in 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 Brazil. And you know, yeah, I was just down there in Rio for the Olympics. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of cross. There's a lot of CrossFit fanatics down there too. I mean, it's starting <laughs> so, to blow up there. It's a it's a great market for us. Yeah, yeah, it's a great market. So when was the first um, first time you said, okay, this is CrossFit. This is a thing. This is the gym. Was it a a moment? Was it a over time type of thing? Yeah, I. I knew I knew in my uh, as a teenager that what was going on in the commercial gym facility was ridiculous. But yeah. That's because I was a gymnast, and uh, um, you know the lateral raises and the curls and the yeah, leg yeah. extension and the reading the paper on the bike. It's not uh, athletic movements. No, yeah. no, and and so many athletes, as you know, don't like going to the gym because the, the dry land training. You know yes. the the gym part. It it, it was it was it was not why you liked football and right. that's not what i liked about gymnastics gymnastics didn't have that 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 problem there wasn't a there wasn't a, a training dry land right, training right, effort right. outside of the sport itself one of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already Already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. 
When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. In person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But um, people don't appreciate, I think, in the public that the uh, gymnastics routine is a is a uh, max heart rate event. Um, that is ex extremely demanding yes. in, 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 in the cardiorespiratory sense, but you can't show it. You can't pant. You can't open your mouth wide. You've got to be able to smile. You've you got to look them right in the face and salute and walk <laughs> off. And then, you know, but inside you're dying. And, and, it, and, and when the season comes along, um, it's not as bad. But early in the season, it's devastating. It's Fran-like. And that was the impetus for developing that routine. I was trying to elicit the cardiorespiratory demands of a gymnastics routine. Um, uh, Without doing the movements, this is in my own garage, where mm -hmm. a parallel bar routine or a ring routine right. was is an impossibility for a sixteen-year-old kid. Sure, sure. And I, I nailed it. Um, I had a, one of those Voigt pull-up bars that you twisted into the uh -huh. doorway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd figured out if you took the rubber caps off uh -huh. and just kept opening it, you could drive it into the jam and actually get something safe. Wow. The people I know that fractured their skulls, hurt their necks, or broke their arms swinging on these bars. Trying to have a high bar at home, right? It's in your crazy. doorway, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we used to do dismounts off those things. Wow. And every once in a while, I wanted to just come right off. Oh, my gosh. But I had a Voight pull-up bar, and I had the Sears Ted Williams $19.95 110-pound weight set. And I just that very first day when it came out of the box, I was like, let's do 21 pull-ups and 21 of these things. Mm -hmm. And then 15 and 15, 9 and 9, and, and and so that it feels extra shitty, which is what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. Let's use the clock and just do it as fast as I can. How old were you then? Uh, 16. Yeah. And, man, it worked. I threw up. Yeah. Threw up. Went across the street, got my buddy, brought him over, and he threw up. Mm. And we're like, that's it, because that's what happens. In the, see, in the season, when you – early in the season, you're developing tricks. So you know things you want to be able to do in a routine. And as the season approaches, now i got to stitch them all together. And it, what a completely different thing that is mm. to stitch them together than to do them in solo, to do them one after another in transition at max heart rate as opposed to coming up fresh, doing it and getting off. Mm -hmm. Completely different world. Right. And, and uh, you couldn't be dialed into that process and buy into something like there are exercises that are cardio and others that aren't. Like, I mean, if your heart rate is high, it's cardio, isn't it? Sure. You know, and so in the fitness world, it was it was bike, run, swim were the three cardios. And then everything else was strength training. And I'm like, yeah, but you do these thrusters with 95 pounds in these pull-ups and you're going to get a whole lot stronger. Yeah, yeah. And there's cardio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what the, the exercise community's response to notions like that was that, that that blended adaptation was an impossibility. Well, they had it wrong. The experts were dead wrong. Mm. The segmented training develops a segmented capacity. So if you work strength Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and you work cardio on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, if I get my hands on you, 
I can set up a little circuit of, of a, a cardio stimulus for which you have low regard and a strength uh, stimulus for which you have low regard and, and uh, ask for three to five rounds of this and you'll find that you're not strong enough and you don't have enough wind. Mm -hmm. And that it's almost as if you had done no strength training and had never had any kind of cardio stimulus. Right. The blended the blended demands the out of the blended stimulus is a is a unique beast. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's why I mean you've created the people call it a cult or you know, a tribe or whatever you want to call it. Do you think that these movements or the type of workouts that people are going through is what's created that? Or do you think it's more of the culture or is it more of the people? Is it more of the brands? I, I don't, I don't think we can separate them, but I will say the, the brand symbolizes the net effect and was, and was, you know, the charm and allure of the brand didn't draw people in. Um, didn't draw people in. No. And, and I don't think it, it does still really. Right, right. What draws people in is the, is the young lady or the young man or the, that grandma or grandpa that's gotten results and won't shut up about CrossFit. Right. And that's the, that's where the marketing happens. And those people drag people in. They bring yeah. them by the arm. They bring them by the ear. You know, they beg them. Um, they're relentless in their pursuit of the next customer. Hmm. And uh, that's that's there's a lot of magic there. It's almost like a gym doesn't have to do any marketing. Just get ten people in there, and it'll build on its own. You know, there's a there's a we've we've regularly had to define some terms. It, it often happens when a term that everyone uses. You have to ask, do we all mean something different when we say it? And some things like that. Fitness. Everyone's got a different mindset, and we all use it. Um, yeah. uh, marketing was one of those things, but for me, marketing is any effort that is designed to improve the bottom line, mm -hmm. effective or not, but that's the hope. It's going to improve the bottom line. And it isn't a direct uh, tinkering of the product or service. So you're not improving the product or service. You found another way to get people in the door. Um, I, I'm, I'm not really impressed with that, but it, there is a level at which it happens and it's essential. And it is that testimony of the end user. Yes. That person is marketing. They're not improving the product or service, but they're sure the hell out there. Now, and advertising would be that way, um, putting uh, uh, hot pink flyers under the windshield, wipers at the cars, at the malls, Groupon, all those things are, are marketing efforts. A lot of advertising is, is of that kind of thing. My advice would be to engage in none of that and anything like that. And for that's just me. That's my bias. Mm -hmm. And if you've got any energy, resources, time, money, you know, talents, whatever – Throw that back into improving your product or service. Get yeah. back to that, back to that, that relationship with the person coming through the door. Do such a good job with them that they go home and become one of those annoying people that won't shut up right, right, about, right. about right, CrossFit. Right. Yeah, and and I think that's happening everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen a few gyms uh, lose it all to Groupon. Just you know, they get a whole bunch of people that that uh, that uh, chase out the the people paying full price, yeah. they don't stick around and you're not making any money. But it's actually been the death of a of a couple of boxes. Sure, sure. Never never do anything like that. Sure. And so I, I, I never had to do any of that. But you know, where was I? I was hundred percent in the presence with the client, you know, whether it was one, five or ten of them. Mm -hmm. They were everything to me. And nothing else mattered. And they took care of me. I didn't have to ever ask anyone to come into the gym. Right. Ever. Right. They would spread the word. They were bringing yeah. people. If you were going to give them your full attention and energy during that hour session, 
they were going to go tell people afterwards. Of course. I just had the best workout of my life. You yeah. should come in. Look yeah. at the transformation. I feel amazing. And uh, Lewis, so I talked to orthodontists and lawyers and accountants, and same with them. Same thing. They're not, no one, no one advertised. You know, and there's always that Jacobian Myers kind of sure, sure. thing, you know, that's a little off the beat, or, you know, the dentist with billboards on every corner. And I think we all, a lot of us would be wise to be suspicious of that. Sure, you know, sure. I'm not, absolutely. I, I, have a, I have a problem with a lawyer who's got a, a commercial on every channel <laughs> yeah, three exactly. times a day. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's the lawyer I'd, I'd be looking for necessarily. Right, right, right. yeah. But uh, the consummate professional has great uh, relationships with the with the people they serve, and they provide, they're the source of the new people. Yeah, exactly. Great testimonials as well. Uh, yeah. If someone was looking to build a movement, whether it be in the fitness world or any world, any industry, what would you say are the key ingredients that they would need based on what you've done, um, I guess, to replicate it, you know, a CrossFit in their industry? Some of the answer might come in the, in the, the, the what I see business as today, you know, my definition of business. And we got some pretty good traction with this at Harvard Business School and mm -hmm. two appearances. And yeah. Got good. It, it, it was really appealing to the students, and, and so that really appealed to me too. Because right. I, I think if I'm not sure um, if the definition is anything other than my own bias, and then to find that kids at the Harvard MBA program really liked it, so I go, okay, maybe it is more than just you know my take on things. But I believe the business is is the art and science of creating uniquely attractive opportunities for other people, and anyone that can. Iteratively, sustainably, over you know five years or more, create an opportunity of any sort, whether it's a product or service that is uniquely attractive. And what the evidence of that is, that they buy it, they avail themselves of it. But if you can, if you can provide a uniquely attractive opportunity um, for other people, uh, you're going to have a successful organization or a successful business. And for me, a business is a, is is an organization, um, and importantly so. Um, money is to a business like uh, uh, jet fuel is to an airline. The goal of the airline is to get people from A to B safely, um, comfortably, mm -hmm. right, and 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 uh, uh, cost effectively, right. So for them and you, and if you're successful to the extent you're successful, you're going to find that you're going to be burning more gas, right. But for anyone to look and say, well. The goal here is to burn gas. Um, you're mixing, you're confusing the dependent variable for the independent variable, and it it, it, it doesn't work at all. And I so all those people that think that money's about making business about making money, um, that's not the kind of business I'm interested in. And it may be the, that maybe that kind of money is a different kind of organization, and it might somewhat be kind of an East Coast West Coast thing. And I say that because I talk about business not being about making money, and people point some Goldman Sachs asshole out or a whole bunch of them in or out of the current administration or and the past one. But uh, that that's that's not what's going on in the Silicon Valley. Yeah. Not really. And I and I can say that because I've had some uh, uh, super successful, you know, household name clients from, from the Silicon Valley. And uh, to think that they were that they got where they were because they were trying to get rich would be a profound uh, misunderstanding. Right. What were they trying to do? Um it, the case of one, you know, and it's not that it's more noble than making money, but I got a buddy that if 
if he can write code that works better than yours, he's smarter and better than you. And he just like that gets him off. Right. Well, you find success for that in San Jose, and it's going to rain money. Sure. But it isn't about the money. It really isn't about the money, and because he 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 do it for free, and he did and it's does craft. Yeah, yeah, he can't he can't help but do it. Yeah, if you put him, if you took all his stuff away, two ways away, and locked him in a cell somewhere, you'd do that. Still, he'd still be writing, mm-hmm. you know, writing code. It's just yeah. he's one of those guys. Right, right. And uh, and that's that's kind of refreshing, really. It was for me. Mm-hmm. It was for me. What it meant is because you know I do this I do this thing where I make an X and I show you are here, right. And then I got a dollar sign up here, and over here I have an E for excellence. And I say from from here, it, people just I want money. And what you know, the universe doesn't care if you want money. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares that you want money. And and markets are somewhat unknowable. And and you you go to chase the money and you miss the mark. And a lot of people end up behind bars, lost, broke, just trying to get rich. Um, and and but if you pursue excellence. Um, it's it's like a beacon. It's a lighthouse. You know that's you can see it. There's there's easy agreement and easy recognition of something outstanding. Uh, I I don't know anything about orthodontic practices other than I had an orthodontist as a kid. Well, I got a buddy in Prescott, Arizona, that has an orthodontic practice, and you go in there and it's just it's visually amazing, mm-hmm. right? He's got you know. 15 chairs with this view of the mountains and a, and a pretty girl at each one doing the work and music's going and it's well appointed and it's a factory, you know? Sure. And he's standing there with his arms folded and a big smile on his face and it's just really cool. And the spirit in there is neat. And I go, holy cow, doc, this is amazing. You know, I mean, he's just, he's doing orthodontia brilliantly. Yeah. I've seen in hair salons and restaurants. And the same thing, you go to a place and, you know, there's it's dirty and you can just, you can just, right. you'll know right away. Feel the energy, yeah. Yeah. And, and so the excellence, excellence shines bright and it's obvious to everyone. It's such an, it's so, it's so non-elusive and you can every day work towards that E, towards that excellence. And you know that you're, that you're, you're uh, in, you're making steps progress towards it you can metric it you feel it you know when it's you're making it better and what do you do tomorrow i'm gonna make it better and how about the next day i'm gonna make it even better exactly. and you keep looking for things to make it better and you, there's nothing like that on the money so here's what happens those that will stay committed and 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 really want the e not the cash they get there now here's what markets do the markets move the money to the excellence and almost always by a path that you wouldn't have figured out and so another big part of the Silicon Valley story is the guy trying to get from here to there. And, and uh, along the way, um, the target shifts a little. And it's, uh, it's excellent, but not that excellent, but this one. Uh-huh. And then here comes money from a different angle. But the right. people that have repurposed startups with large number of employees and just abandoned the technology, like pick a new one quick because you got to do something, right? We got, yes. you know, I, I buddy of mine had a... Uh, technology that he thought was the sure thing in a deal with Sprint and um, turned out that they had been uh, given the the business to throw off from the other cell phone people the fact that they knew this technology was dead. Hmm. And they just made the investment. To, and anyways, so my buddy was kind of a pawn hmm. in, a, in, a, in a game of misleading AT&T and, and right. Verizon. Right. 
And so he had to come up with something because what they wanted to do can't be done. And sure, they thought sure. it could. And the people that hired him to do it knew it couldn't be done too. Um, and so they had to come up with something brand new overnight and did. And just to save everyone's jobs and the business. Wow. And but it's cool. Wow. Do you feel like you've made any uh, big mistakes that you wish you could take back over the years in either building the brand or how things have run with the business? Or oh, I, It's got some smart-ass answers. I've been so disappointed by the behavior out of the weightlifting community sometimes that I wish I hadn't salvaged their dying sport. But that's, <laughs> I'm, being, I'm, I'm being flippant there. Sure. Um, now, Is there any regrets you've had in building the brand or the way you've run the games or boxes or anything um i you know if i if i was starting over i would devalue the kipping pull-up and let it occur naturally and those that you know the people that can't do strict pull-ups trying to kip is is wrong mm. you know the kip comes ineluctable you, you you know you go from 20 pull-ups to 40 pull-ups to 60 pull-ups you're gonna kip you're gonna learn yeah and it's kind of a time under tension thing there's uh you, you the I can, I can, you can show me a videotape of, of five of five pull-ups, five of 10, five of 20, or five of a hundred, and I'll know which it is. And if it's five of a hundred, that first five, they're really fast. Yeah. Right? Sure, sure. And if it's yeah. five yeah. for five, that's slow. Mm -hmm. And the kip comes naturally as a whole body movement out of that whole thing. And it's not a, it's not a gymnastics move because it's not taught in gymnastics. That's not the kip. It's it's how gymnasts train pull-ups, and gymnasts need to have a hundred pull-ups. You're not gonna get a hundred pull-ups unless you can kip. Mm. But it's but it's not used in anything. You know, it's just right. a, it's just a it's an artifact of training. Does that created who created the the kipping pull-up or nobody? It's no uh it's what happens when you keep adding pull-ups. Got you. They you have go to. faster and faster and faster. Yeah. Now the butterfly kip a little different. That was someone 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 got a little clever there. Mm. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it's just one example. I, yeah. I, Do you feel like you've structured the business in the way that you wanted to, or if you could look back and you, how many boxes do you have now? Or 14,000 14,000. Yeah. And how is it, does it continue to grow or have you seen a decline? Still, or? still, still growing. There's some markets leveling off and others exploding. China's huge. Brazil's huge, you know, um, in the, DC, where we have the greatest density in the United States, it's it's tapered. Mm -hmm. um, some fall off, others yeah. just keep growing bigger. Yeah, you know the the best of them will will continue to expand, continue to grow. It seems mm -hmm. there's you know there's people talk about I think with any new gym or any new fitness thing that it's a fad or at some point it will have its time or at some point it will be whatever. Do you have that fear with CrossFit that none 10, 20, 30 none. years like it's going to start to taper or here's, here's, here's what threatens us in that respect. Um, the community is driven by the, the wonders of, of the entrepreneur and, and capitalism and the mm -hmm. free market individually owned and operated. That's a miracle. That's a pillar. Mm -hmm. The other piece is that the stimulus of, uh, constantly varied high intensity functional movement leveraged against a diet of meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar is a really, really good match for the needs of the species. Um, and, and a billion years of evolution, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. with the, uh, right. there's, there's things that we're doing that are at the heart of all mammalian species. 
so you know go back a billion years sure, sure. and i'll just give you one of those would be uh, uh respect for the insulin glucagon axis um the first sh proto shrew had a pancreas and so do we right the abuse of that pancreas is a modern thing um and we can blame the cdc and the nih for that amongst others and and it down at our level at the grunt level the nsca and the acsm still promoting deadly diets by the way yeah and so CrossFit is the fad that brought a stimulus back to the shrew mm. a billion years ago. It's that kind of fad. Yeah. Now, um, the non-CrossFit stuff was the fad. And I knew that. What do you mean? I, well, the uh, lateral raises and curls. The We're going to do cardio distinct from strength training. Um, we're going to be on machines with pins. Mm -hmm. Um you can deadlift if you want to be a big, ugly power, fat power lifter, and you run if you want to be have cardio. Mm -hmm. And but nobody should ever do both, and certainly not in the same workout ever. Right. And I knew that was horseshit. Yeah. Just obvious crap. And mm -hmm. and you, but you couldn't you couldn't be an athlete and not know that, mm -hmm. not know that. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, and if you imagine imagine the notion of nobody needs to be strong at high heart rate, like. Really? Yeah, yeah. Right, you, right. you don't have to be, you don't have to have a big imagination to see what's wrong with that, right? Mm, sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game, or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Nick, the challenge is, you know, I know you. I've heard some interviews where people ask you this question about injuries, and as a competitor myself, it's really hard to taper back and hold back 
in the gym. Yeah. It's hard to not compete against my own time, not compete against everyone else mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. And if I don't have the self-awareness of how my body's feeling, you know, I've tweaked my back many times. I've gotten little injuries here and there from yep. CrossFit. Yep. And you know, I'm responsible for it because I'm the one who pushes the, the boundaries. How let, do you, let how me do you, share something with you. Yeah. You can do everything absolutely perfect. You're still going to get hurt. Yeah. Um, I can tell you this, too. You're going to be much more injured um, by driving the workout injury to zero. And mm. what will happen is now comes the specter of chronic disease. Yeah. Look, um, a couple of million people are going to die this year from chronic disease. And uh, what is the figure? I think it's 2.8 million. Might be making that up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. Sure. I do know this, that 70% of the population will die from chronic disease. Mm. It has the 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 two-headed hydra of, 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 a, of, a, of, a, of a cause in sedentarism, holding still, and mm -hmm. malnutrition, yeah. the crappy diet. And the worst of that would be the eating way too much of everything, but in every case, it involves too much carbohydrate. Specifically, high glycemic carbohydrate, and specifically sugar. And that lifestyle is the deadliest thing on the planet. It takes 70% of lives, and we're exporting it now so that this number is, is holding true. Even in places that are ravaged by infectious disease, they're rapidly approaching a 70% rate on chronic disease. Wow. And, so, and so, you know, the number of people that die from chronic disease is twice the number that die from all other causes combined. And that's what happens when you watch TV and eat the way the Center for Disease Control wants you to eat. Right. And so, and so as soon as you get off the couch, it's dangerous. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it is because, you know what, I'm going to tell you that sitting there watching TV um, is there's a much less chance of acute injury, like say picket, ACL tear. Right. Uh, break a wrist. I don't care. Any, any of these sprains and strains, you know, bruises, bumps, even, you know, things that might require surgical repair. As soon as you get up off the couch, those, those numbers insert themselves. Mm. So you say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym. And so you, you get in your car where well, the risk just got compounded. You still have the risk of being sedentary. Yeah. And, but now you're out in, in public, ride your bike to the gym and it, and it, it, it the risks are even greater. Hmm. Just look at it, look in this beautiful city here of LA. I was doing the stats once I pulled down some LADPD reports of car versus bicycle. It's horrifying. Every few minutes, someone gets whacked on a bike hmm. to where an ambulance is needed every couple of minutes, every day in the city. And so that's some really dangerous shit, right? Right. And then once, you, but once you get into the gym, I've still all those risks go up. But what has, what is in free fall now is the risk of chronic disease. And so we trade we trade the sprains and strains to avoid the heart attacks, the strokes, the cancers, right. the diabetes, and to and so someone says, you know, I got a buddy that got hurt doing CrossFit. You know, isn't it dangerous? Like. <laughs> You know, it's dangerous sitting on your couch all day. Yeah, <laughs> two million buddies died not doing CrossFit. Right, right. And in chronic disease, <laughs> it fundamentally is a lack of CrossFit in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, so you don't like functional the, movement. You don't like the, right, right, yeah, yeah. right. Moving, functional, functional movement, movement. functional yes. movement. You need to be. You need to be able to pick things up off the ground. Get yes. your ass out of the chair. You know, those are, those aren't exercises. Nobody invented the deadlift. Nobody invented the clean. Nobody invented the pull up. Whoever says, hey, check this out.
can you believe this? Let's look, check that out. I made that up. You know, no, you didn't, dude. We've been, everyone's been standing up for a long time. Right. You're full of shit. But, 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 but someone says they invented the, the, you know, somewhere, someone invented the lateral race. Cause there's someone that was holding something doing this. The guy says, what the hell are you doing? He goes, it's an exercise. It wasn't, it was it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, the, the functional movements, it's obvious what you're doing to value. Yes. You know, the the uh, hyenas are chasing you. Jump in a tree. You don't. You yes. didn't. You didn't invent the pull you, up. You pull up and yeah, right. You're getting yeah. away. You yeah, know, yeah. and throwing a rock. You know, that's not. No one invented that. It's mm-hmm. been. It's been there since time immemorial. It's built in, baked into who and what yeah. we are. Yeah. And it, it, the the first exercise physiologist, I can't remember his name. When you look him up, while I'm talking, he's a guy, a Brit that that observed that the. Uh, Ticket takers on the double decker buses mm-hmm. um, had a fraction of the heart attack rate that the drivers did, mm-hmm. and they were making the same pay, and you'd get get the job, and they just assign you to one or the other. But one of them was dying in in large numbers, and the other wasn't. And uh, in his ninety ninth year, this this genius observed that this is the first time in history where people have to deliberately exercise to find health. That you know, and so the subject is the fad. Um, yeah, CrossFit's CrossFit's a a fad, um, just in the way that your your the human genome is a fad, mm. um, and it's and it's 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 as stable as that genome is, which is pretty damn stable. And so people would say to me, "You still like the zone diet?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do." And they go, "Wow, it's been a long time." And I, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, balance of the insulin glucagon axes, adequate essential fatty acid intake. I mean, these things. These things go back a ways. Yeah. Yeah. Would the zone diet have worked on people in pre-Columbian time? Of course it would. Mm. You know, sure. Of course it would. Sure. These Sears and Glassman and a bunch of others, we've designed for our for our perception of the physiological need. That was the goal. Mm. It wasn't to make money. It wasn't to sell a book. It wasn't to, uh, uh, you know, we were. We were addressing a, a, a riddle, you know, a yeah. scientific question. Mm-hmm. And something like that is very very much not likely to be a fad. Now, may people not uh, CrossFit in the future? Well, sure. But I don't – that wouldn't make it a fad to me either, you yeah, know? Sure, there, sure. A lot, of, a lot of good things have been lost. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I'm, doing a, I'm doing some research about masculinity for a new book that I'm writing. Now – That's interesting. It's, it's The book's called The Mask of Masculinity. I've been interviewing – former professional athletes to female psychologists to men, women, everyone. And um, I'm curious to hear your opinion about how CrossFit has either shaped or reinvented or evolved masculinity or what type of energy you see in a gym around both men and women coming together, doing these type of primal workouts to the max every day. Does that evolve someone's, uh, I guess, masculinity? Does it make them more loving and vulnerable? Does it make them harder? Does it make them able to connect with the individuals because there is community? What's your thoughts? I'm grinning here because my focus has been the women because um, there's something, you know, if you if you kind of rephrase the whole thing around around the ladies and is you sure. know, what's going on there, I, yeah. I, and, I, and I will come to that because now I get yeah, to, I love to hear kind of went there. And the guy thing I haven't thought about so much I haven't seen it, but I but I, I can offer a few things. Um I think this is the maybe the vainest population to ever walk the earth. <laughs> and and I and I, but I don't yes. I don't see it as a bad thing. Everyone's shirtless. Everyone's yeah, taking yeah. photos. But you know yeah. what? 
they look so fucking good. They maybe they, ought to. I mean, it's like, I, I get it. They you look know? good naked. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, so it's maybe it's not a false vanity, you know. Uh-huh. They they look really great and they know it and they're proud of it. And so, ah, that's all cool. <laughs> but there's but there's an enormous amount of testosterone. Yeah. And no fights. Hmm. Never hmm. had a fight at a CrossFit event. It's a lot of brotherly love. I it's sense. crazy because I I would know. think you can't you can't even do that you can't do that in the Marine Corps. Hmm. You know you can't do it in a football team. Right. You know it's it's we the CrossFitters don't fight. They don't. There's none of that going on. Um, we've never had a secure, uh, you know, we've had, we've had people show up that weren't supposed to be at an event kind of security event, but there's no one, there's no one that Break had too much to drink. And, yeah. Um, police manage large venue events by getting hourly reports on the gate and the alcohol consumption. I don't know if you know that or mm-hmm. not, but if you have a stadium, there's a, there's a guy running the thing who will every hour, um, it was our Andy Rios at one, and he's getting, he knows how many beers have been poured. Yes. You know, and sure, sure. when more beers come in, and they, they have the right to cut it off. And they've got some magic numbers where um, right. you you work beyond so many people and so many beers and so much time, and that's when the violence starts, yeah. and so they trim back the beer. And and uh, CrossFit, we run, we run a, a pretty drunken event. <laughs> because there's it, none of those rules apply. Right. And so the beer just flows all day long, and we don't have people throwing up on each other or fist fighting or stealing stuff. Um, every year at the games, someone loses something. And I always tell uh, the I've told the security people, I want to know when someone's misplaced a, a wall of a person. If, it's, if there's any way for me to come by them, I want to go because I want to be there and look them in the eyes. I'm going to tell them, you're going to get your wallet and purse back. Right. Someone's going to be honest. Yeah. And, 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 and what's typically done it, StubHub Center is if you want, you can start checking the trash cans and hopefully they'll take in the cash and throw in your picture of your kids and that kind of stuff in the garbage. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no need to do that here. Someone is going to, is going to turn it in and it's going to get back to you and it'll be, but sometime at the end of the day, maybe into the evening, but you're going to get it. And I was telling a reporter that along with our, uh, our agent, uh, from, uh, William Morris, uh, Gabby Morgerman, um, I was telling her the story. And it wasn't a half hour later that, where's my purse? <laughs> and uh, an hour later, um, her assistant calls her and says, some guy has found your bag. He went through everything in it, and he found my phone number on an envelope oh my gosh. and called. And he's waiting for you, and this guy's standing there with her purse. <laughs> She'd left it outside, you know? And, like, of course, that's what happens. And I think I can tell you the why of it, too. And I don't even know how this to do with masculinity, but it... But it, it it, it, it it's it's related to testosterone in men and and the things men do and when they get them in large numbers and we don't do those things. Why why? Um, uh, CrossFit's really really hard, and a lot of shitty behaviors come out of people looking for shortcuts for the easy way. And the CrossFitters we both select for and train that all good things come out of sacrifice, commitment, hard work, not finding a purse. You know, or shortcut, not, yeah, yeah. shortcut stealing. Yeah. You know, and so and so that 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 bring, that brings a layer of decency on the on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think there's enough confidence in who you are physically that uh, that makes that. You know, I wrote an article years ago. I think it might have been published in a, in a Santa Cruz paper or some paper, but it was published somewhere. And I, I was saying that the. Uh, Martial arts community, in terms of its physical training, there, uh, you know, this is the MMA was just starting. The Gracies were coming around, and all I'm watching the UFC and 
early days loved it. it it was great still an amazing property but i said these guys are are training on two of eight cylinders that it's just the the their their fitness is woefully lacking and you try athletes just in case you think that you know that just as bad if not worse mm. and i got a i got a crazy response from it i got um hate death threats death threats from the triathlon community death threats phone numbers threatening to kill rape murder my wife disguised voices emails with the craziest stuff and the martial arts community what happened is some of the many of the world's best martial artists came to me and said sir would you please help me with my training i'd love to see what it is you have to offer now what makes what makes a skinny little twerp <laughs> in a speedo with a number on his arm think he's gonna kick my ass and where the guy the was it's, it's it's a confidence mm. you know and they're just they're just beyond that beyond it the martial arts community has just been a joy to work mm. with just yeah. a joy really like those kids mm. all of them less ego less ego in a let you less ego in a ufc competitor than a tennis player you know and i in don't, general yeah, yeah right. except for a couple, yeah. throw them all into the rug. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know in the UFC, you, you don't get a paycheck unless you talk a load of shit. Yeah, and they get trained. Then you get a big, and, then you get a big paycheck. Yep, yeah. and you can get a check bigger than your talents if yeah. your mouth's big enough. Exactly. So I like, and so they got to do that. I was close to BJ when they made him talk a lot of crap, and he's not a crap talker. Yeah, he's got he's got none of that. It's in like him. a reality show. None of that. Yeah, in him. Yeah. yeah, and so that there was a lot of that. You know, that's the uh, P.T. Barnum kind of mm -hmm. angle mm -hmm. that the fight world has going with it. I mean, how does uh, having women and men then both in the gym with with women, how has this been effective with masculinity with women? Yeah. Um, the Because uh, you were grinning before about saying yeah, something. Um, the old style of P.T. where, you know, there were movements we did, the snatch, uh, muscle up, there were there were the powers that be in the fitness industry rejected those things and and even in the military community initially that these were too complicated that you'd get hurt it was a basically was unknown mm -hmm. but but ultimately without them even knowing it what they were bristling at is that there was a neurological component it required coordination it required accuracy it required agility and it required balance and that's not macho stuff it's the stuff of gymnastics but it is well within the province of of a lot of what women do and the way they they are and that stuff came very naturally to them for a couple of reasons um one is they don't have the contractile potential they're just not as strong and so they have to be effective um the other thing is that a, a gal has no problem going i don't know how to do that would you show me mm. and a guy comes in and goes i know how to do that i do it all the time when he's never done it at all you know i used to watch at golds i'd watch a guy try a 400 pound deadlift and miss and then come up and say yeah, I got 450 today. And I'm like, oh, two, we were all watching. You failed at four. You know, we were right here watching. Um, so the guys will lie about what they do. And a, and a, a chick would stand there and, you know, curling and go, I, I can't do this. It's too heavy. And like, so the women are, their egos are such that they didn't have full appreciation of their capacity. And the guys had this ego that actually had, I think some of those guys that came up and said they did 450 when it was four, didn't know they were lying. Hmm. And so our sense of self is so inflated compared to theirs that it makes them easier to train and it makes it easier for them to learn some of this stuff. You know, you can see a guy seething, being <laughs> taught something he doesn't know how to do, some of that. Why is that? Macho idiots, you know, just mm. masculinity. I don't know. Yeah. You know, ego. But uh, uh, 
you feel like people are retrained through CrossFit and they evolve then, or is I, it maybe, or we're selecting? I don't know, right. but it, I tell you what, you know, we, um, uh, there are some super athletes in this community that uh, started off as uh, as uh, bodybuilders, and their first exposure was was a tough thing for them emotionally, intellectually. <laughs> Physically, they couldn't know? do it the way they wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was, it was just really, just, you know, really stressful. Um, I, it was, it was, I don't want, I don't want to get his name wrong. He's a good dude. I feel bad, but there was a, it was a great example of that. There was someone that uh, mm. come back to it. But sure. so, so the modern PT prior to CrossFit had removed all of that coordination, actually, agility, and balance. So there's no cleaning. There's no snatching. There's no handstands. We're not hand walking. What are we doing? Well, it's it's uh you know uh jumping jack sit up run you know <laughs> lather rinse repeat kind of thing um it was it was dumbed down yeah. what they call dumbed down pt where you move the neurological elements that radically exaggerates the difference in physical capacities between men and women mm-hmm. and dumbed down pt one advantage we have physically over women is pretty significant is contractile potential you know, just how, with what force can the muscle shorten? Guys are a lot better than that at girls. Yeah. Um, when you add a neurological component to it and you make it, in, in, so the CrossFit definition of strength is not just contractile potential, but it's productive application of force. And if the goal becomes to get above the rings is your productive application of force or to uh, stay balanced under an overhead squat is your productive application of force, um, the difference is, the differences shrink significantly. Mm-hmm. And so we stacked the deck against the ladies when we, when we went to the, to the uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, cardio, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, uh, doing lateral raises and curls and leg mm-hmm. extensions. And you bring it into the CrossFit space, and all of a sudden what we have is the 110-pound gal mentoring the kid that played football and just can't seem to get the overhead squat right. 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 We used to make – show of that with Nicole versus the the big guy yeah. in the certs. I don't know if you've sure. seen any of that. Sure, yeah. And it was a, a 95-pound load and 50 overhead squats. And what I'd do is look for the buffest, biggest <laughs> dude in the gym who's whose overhead was kind of like this. So he's 15 yeah. degrees forward and you put yeah. your hands where they are, put them overhead and then and here's how he gets some overhead, leans back right, until right. the arms are straight. But I still don't have an open shoulder. And so will that beast, and I don't care if he's got a 500-pound bench press, what's going to happen at 95-pound at overhead squat mm-hmm. and 50 reps? Nicole will get to 50. He he will not. You just can't. Yeah. You can't. If that's where overhead is, you, you, you're sunk. Same for holding the handstand. And uh, um, so it's all been really empowering. Hmm. Add to that, and so I'm on the subject of the ladies now. Yes. You add to that our meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. And a lot of the uh, uh, insanity around body image just disappears. It's gone, long gone. We don't have any eating disorder people. Mm. We got a lot of young ladies that have come from that that problem, but it's long gone now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, does does jeans make my butt look fat? I mean, our girls know their butt looks good. <laughs> yeah. and, and and your opinion doesn't matter. And they're not afraid to out each at the table and brag right. about it. And right. and their confidence, it's so beautiful. And in the end, what has happened is that we now have, uh, there are enough of, of them, of us, 
um, a new aesthetic has emerged. It's a it's a new look, a and new it's created and it's created a new aesthetic, and it's as a, strong as a new beautiful, right? Yeah, it's a functional aesthetic. Mm -hmm. It's a functional aesthetic, and it frees women of the tyranny of an arbitrary aesthetic. And when it's arbitrary, look at what we've seen: um, uh, stretched necks, elongated necks in Africa, uh, binding feet in Asia. Um, heroin anorexia chic in, in the West. Right. And all of these things are debilitating, devastating, yeah. unhealthy, and supposed to be pretty. Mm. What, they also what they also do is reduce a woman's ability to, to uh, resist you. And I find the whole thing disgusting. Mm. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals, knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. Disgusting. I think it, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a cultural adoption of a, of a rape culture mm. and you know who why why do we have to impair our women for them to be beautiful sure it bothers the hell out of me and so i'm really really proud of the crossfit girls because mm. they say they um they're strong and in every sense of the word every yeah. sense there's it's just strength it's it's wonderfully empowering do you think they lack vulnerability no no do you think the men that train in crossfit consistently lack vulnerability or emotional, um, I, maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But I don't. I think they're trained themselves so much that they're unable to, you know, express themselves. Uh, really, does that emotions. happen? I, I've noticed there's a, a bit of a dry personality around the top games competitors. Mm. <laughs> that I want to get into. <laughs> sure. I, I've, I've I've been seated at the table before mm -hmm. with a table full of champions. And it's dry, huh? You know, man, you're hearing the clinking of forks. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do, What do you think? Uh, what do you think would happen if it was just? Have you noticed that? You know what I'm talking about? I think it's just they're just very serious. They're so focused, you know, and it's um, you know, they their whole life is. This. I don't know. The NFL is right. full of focused guys, and they're going yeah. out at night committing felonies and yeah, having a blast. You know, true. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's more. Um, you're more part of a team in football, so you're yeah. able to like joke and play and yeah. like play games on each other's. But it's more of like 
obviously you train together and you have some partner stuff, but it's yeah. more lone wolf type of energy. I, I would think. just tell you, you know, you get put on the athlete bus <laughs> sure, on the way sure. somewhere and you know, Silence, you, crickets. you might yeah. want to get on one of the other buses. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the you, volunteers are way more fun. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no stress on them. Well, I, I, some, get, yeah. I get that. They're focused, you know. I mean, just, when you when you guys traveled in football, were you having a blast? We were having a blast. It was almost too crazy. Yeah, okay. That's my sense of it. Especially at arena football, it's like Bull Durham. It's yeah. like, dude, a bus a bus full of gymnasts is 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 like a it's like it's the it's the monkey bus. No, you know? same thing with football And they're players. coming it's out crazy. the windows and trying to get on top. And you don't even want to know the stories that happened with football players after the games in the bus it was it was nuts it was like almost like get me out of here you know yeah, it's a little crazy yeah, good that's what i was hoping it would be like <laughs> what um what do you think it would be like if it was just all men training and, and all women training do you think there'd be a dim- different dynamic or different energy i uh in these boxes if it was yeah, just my, like men only or, I, or women only I, the only exposure i have to a male only environment was as a youngster i had a brief stint at the Hughes Aircraft Company because my father and mother and grandparents and uncles and aunts and everyone that knew worked had worked there. And so I'd get a, do a little job there. And uh it was it was almost all male and it was horrible. I mean I couldn't stand mm. it. I don't but yeah. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't want that. Um the women the women have been uh, role models in our gyms. Yeah. Role models. Someone asked, I always ask what you know. I love getting coached by a woman yeah, at the it's gym. Fun. I feel like it's they're fun. yeah. Hey, let me let me share this with you. Alignment, you know. I've had a dozen bosses in my life. I've always I've always um really enjoyed the the women that I worked for. They were um fantastic bosses. And check this out. The better I did and the better I made them look, the more they liked me, and the and the and the more success we all enjoyed. I've had male bosses that become increasingly uncomfortable with the quality of your work. Mm. The better it gets, a lot of them, the more they don't like you. Interesting. Yeah, and they're feel and threatened they're, or yeah, sure, they're more afraid of being outshined than being made to look good. Yeah, yeah. but you get a you get a you get a lady telling you to do a job and you do just a perfect job of it. You'll make her really happy, and there's guys that'll just like, oh mm. shit, uh oh, you know, funny. it that's is. Funny. Have you noticed it? Have you had it? I've never had a boss. You ever had? You ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How that's about funny. you? You, yeah, yeah, no. Hope I've, that's okay to do. Hit the peanut gallery. Hit. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Um, couple final questions for you. This has been fascinating. So thank you for opening up. Is there any question that you wish people would ask you that? They never do that you could that you could answer. Yeah, and I can't think of what it is now, but I have thought about it before. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, if I I'll, I'll come back to you Email and send it to you too late. Email but I, to... I, I, you know, I've I've done that. Yeah. What's what's something then you're you're most proud of that people most people don't know about you? Our impact on on the women in our community, just what we were on. That was probably probably that it's a current hot button for me. I'm just fascinated by it. I'm amazed too at how how much it's gone unnoticed. You know. I tried to communicate this to the people at Vogue, and then it ended up with that spread they did on Annie Thor's daughter. And mm-hmm. I think they were more tripping on her than fully appreciating that this was liberation from a, a devastating, uh, deadly culture that they were kind of at the heart of. Mm-hmm. You know, it might have been the, might have been the wrong the wrong audience, the wrong sure. the wrong magazine to make that point. Sure. But uh, uh, and the other thing is, look, I'll just tell you where the current leadership is at at, at CrossFit at HQ 
and, and it relates to pride and things I'd like to be asked and wish the world knew. Um, we have an elegant, marked by simplicity and efficacy, we have an elegant solution to the world's greatest problem, and that's chronic disease. And our team, the HQ team, has 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 uh, recommitted, we're doubling down to change the world's perception of what happens in the box. And I explained to staff, by the world, I mean all those people that are never going to go to a gym and die from chronic disease. I would like them to know that there is that we have something in our boxes. The people that are currently going to the gym, I'd like them to know. The people that are going to the box, going to the CrossFit already, CrossFitters, they need to know. You're not just getting fit. Um, you're, you're, you're saving your life. And I need the people that train them to know it and the affiliates themselves to know it and those of us at HQ. So literally everyone in the world, I would like them to be increasingly aware of, of what it is that's happening in the box. And it's health. That's what's happening in the box. It's way more significant than the fitness. Yes. The fitness is a Trojan horse mm-hmm. delivering wellness, delivering wellness. And, and uh, you know, sometimes you wish people knew and there's a little regret. No, it's our job now to get that message out. Yeah. So I get to come places like this and share that with you because sure. I think it's really, really important. Sure. You know, you, it's it, 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 it's not good to save a life and not know you're doing it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You ought to know. Yeah. And you know what? We'll never see the heart attacks that don't happen. We won't see the Alzheimer's that doesn't develop. We're, you, you, only, you only see it when people get sick. But, but look, I got, I got, I got, let's, let's go with the 4 million figure. Well, 70% of the population is going to die from chronic disease. And so if our population were like any others, what that means is that we'd have an exposure of four of about 2.8 million people that were going to die from, from uh, that growing list of cancers that we, that we believe come from metabolic syndrome. Um, those things we know do the diabetes, the stroke, the heart disease, the Alzheimer's, um, uh, they've gotten a pass on it. The, the metrics that would suggest that those things are in your future, um, HDL, triglyceride, glycated hemoglobin, um, uh, uh, blood pressure, mm-hmm. the elements of body comp, for every CrossFitter, whether you're coming one day a week or, or five, um, those things are moving in the right direction, which means that you are sneaking out the door mm-hmm. from chronic disease. Sure. And that may easily be 2.8 million saved lives in the current community, you know? They're still going to die, but not, but not prematurely and needlessly. Mm-hmm. And and that awareness is uh, you know, that's something we need, something we need to share. Yeah, and it, cool. and it's and it's that. It's those two point eight million lives that you have to you have to weigh the ACL tears and the sprains and the strains. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, you know, it's a little weird to be sitting in the orthopedic surgeon's office with your badass studly injury you got from your sport. And to see some fat dude who got the same thing getting out of his pickup truck, right. you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> fell out of bed in the morning and you're, yeah. you're going to be in the same hospital room, you <laughs> exactly, know, like exactly. um, everybody gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. Everybody gets hurt. That being said, um, we are dramatically safer than that uh, jumping jack, push up, uh, sit up, run, lather, rinse, repeat PT that was going on in, in everywhere, especially in, in like military and law mm-hmm. enforcement training, you know, in schools. And we know this because we are the in-house fitness program for, you know, um, maybe a hundred military and law enforcement training programs. Yeah. We've been at Colorado State Patrol for now like 15 years, 16 years. Wow. 
And we know the injury rates. And let me tell you what I tell them about their injury rates. I look at it and I go, you, you need to get more people hurt. Hmm. You do. Um, it's too low. Too safe. Too low. Yeah, make them fitter. Yeah. When I strive to to bring the injury down to zero, um, I, I'm pulling the plug on the on the, on the efficacy. Yeah. And you need some tolerance, you know. I, yeah, I said, Jimmy, you were a gymnast. Yes. Oh, did you ever get hurt? Never. I'm like, okay. You know, I know what kind of gymnast you were. Right, right. Yeah. You know, your mom took you five times kind of gymnast. Mm-hmm. You can't be, you can't stay in that sport without injury. It's true of football too. Yeah. It's no uninjured. And many, many injured seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Play through it too. They play injured. Yeah. I used to see the all the greats from the Raiders at, over at, at, at Golds and I remember I remember seeing Todd Christensen with a bruise from <laughs> ribs to knee on like, you know, and it would be like, it would just be this horrible thing that would expand and then mm. contract in the space of a week and getting ready for the next week. It's crazy. Yeah. It was just amazing. Hmm. What is something that you're most grateful for recently in your life? Oh, my babies. You know, I got, I got seven kids and seven kids. Yeah. Wow. And they're just amazing. And I, that's the easy answer now. Cause I'm, oh, I'm a uh, two weeks away from them right now, you know, and I'm, and I'm going to go see them tonight or tomorrow, depending on my wow. energy levels for the drive our planes down. So I'm, I'm driving it. And, uh, I just the, the little ones are, are amazing. Mm. You get such insights into into the world and humanity, and yes. seeing how an empty little head fills. And you know, I crazy, yeah, I love that. My little one said, uh, "Of course they're dangerous. That's why they call them murder cycles." <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's just rich, right? Right. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Um, this is a question I ask all my guests at the end. It's called the three truths question. So if this was the uh, the last day for you many, many years from now and you achieved everything you wanted to achieve and you got to write down on a piece of paper three things you know to be true about all of your experience in life that you would pass on three lessons to your friends, your family, the world, what would those three And Lewis will give me 20 seconds to think of them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Off the spot. As off the, the plane's cup. going down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here's a pencil and paper. Now just kind of first, first thing that comes to you. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, you know, check the ego. Be honest, and uh, yeah, I can, I can, I can give it to you. This, this isn't going to be, this is going to be succinct, but but it is is an important lesson, and it applies, to, I think, everything we do. Um, I I routinely come across someone who's extended themselves for someone, and it backfired. Um, it was either, you know, someone took advantage or wouldn't take advantage, but you, my God, look what I did for you. And then look what you did for it. And I'm all bent out of shape, you know? And, uh, I've come to see that the, that the spirit of the charity has to be, has to be that it's up to them and, and you can't invest of yourself so much that you're disappointed in the give if it doesn't come out right. Mm -hmm. And it's not a truly charitable thing if it's, if it's not just that honest that uh i don't know what you're gonna do with this and i, and I got my hopes but I, but i don't want to i don't want to be let's say disappointed if it doesn't work out because i don't want that to discourage me from you know you don't ever want the lesson to your chair to be that i'm never going to do that again for anybody right right of course you know and so you have to you have to get you have to be willing to get burned and and repeatedly mm. 
to find that special person. And it's probably true in love, employees, and I'm not wrecking your cord. <laughs> um, it, it's, uh, I think that's really important. I think it's really important because I see, I see that a lot in people. They're, uh, in the training floor, it was, uh, I had to be very careful. Maybe it was my problem, but I had to be careful that things got weird when I wanted more for people than they wanted for themselves. Hmm. And, it's, and it stresses relationships. And so as a trainer, I was always kind of trying to figure out what you want and what you're, how, what, what you're really willing to give. And I needed to be close to that. I'd like to be a little bit in front of you maybe, but I didn't want to be like, you're not living up to your potential. Right, right, God right, right, damn right, it. Right. You know, that, that doesn't, it doesn't work for anybody. Yeah, yeah. And that is, believe it or not, for me somehow in my head related to that giving and being willing to, to see it not come out ideally. And don't take the lesson from it to not give again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, how can we support you? What's uh, what's the main thing you want people to take action on and try, um, look at? Yeah, I'll tell you I'll tell you something that's dear to us right now. Uh I've got a I got a gripe with the with the soda people mm-hmm. and it's three pronged. Uh, the first is the stuff's toxic. But you know what? So's meth. So is alcohol. I mean, there's a lot of toxic things in the world that that don't support health. But I don't see them um, having had a corrupting influence on the health sciences, and soda has. Mm. Their their uh, impact at at NIH and at CDC and USDA and FDA and the American College of Sports Medicine and the National Conditioning Association. It's been it's been it's been a national shame. And a tragedy of unprecedented proportion that we've exported. Yeah. So I've got the toxicity, the corruption of the sciences, and then the third, um, these people have stood up some five hundred one c threes and proxies that have um, lobbied and and uh, and uh, uh, and uh, uh, legislated against our affiliates, mm. and that's the unforgivable one. Um, you know, it was always poison and I always suspected the corruption, but we weren't bothered by it because we were doing our own thing. And here's how I deal with soda, meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch and no sugar. And it's done. And I got 4 million people that don't drink the shit. But to find that I've got 22 pieces of legislation in eight states over nine years with my training and its crosshairs, when I find that Coca-Cola has spent a fortune to be the leading player in the chronic disease space and the training of trainers to fight this co- this chronic disease to make sure that it's known that you never talk about food, um, something's got to change. And so and now it's a war. Now it's a war. So it's those, it's those three things, the toxicity, the corruption of the health sciences, and then trying to stop us from just doing our own thing. I mean, we weren't bothering anybody. Right, you know, the the my my affront to soda pop was the was the new gym that opens every two hours and twenty four minutes somewhere around the world is going to have two or three hundred members that won't drink their shit eventually. That's all we were doing. Um, I didn't try to make what they do illegal, and and they did, and they're denying it too. But uh, we went to uh, the Podesta Group, and uh, it's like my favorite lobbying firm on earth. We went to them and retained them to help us find out just where this stuff had come from. One of these licensure bills actually passed in D.C. and we were getting it repealed, mm. which is a 
which is a, a miracle. I mean, it was a page two Wall Street Journal story that uh, CrossFit was the, this is only the eighth time in 40 years that a piece of occupational licensure had been repealed. And two of the times it's happened, it got put back. But uh, um, we we hired them to help us figure out where this came from. Yeah. And the language was big chunks of the language identical. And so there's a, there's a fingerprint on this. Mm-hmm. Who wrote it? Who sponsored it? And why? And uh, it's traced back to organizations that have no visible means of support outside of right. outside of soda. Wow. And so that's that's a what can we help do to support? Well, you know, the awareness is everything. Yeah, awareness is everything. Sure. And so I, you know, don't drink pop. That's how we can support. You know, <laughs> I, you know, it's it, look. That's already handled in our. We have our consumptive reduction program. None of us are so we, that's that's not the goal. I want to drive them out of the health sciences so that wow. I get them out of the fitness space. Sure. And at first, I just want them out of the fitness space, but I realized that the, that the fix was in it on with the docs, and we, we'll never find freedom if they're sold. If they've been if they've sure, been sure, paid sure. off. You know, if they've been silenced. Gotcha. And so I, I'm going to have to fix medicine to fix fitness, and we definitely have a problem. Our crew, my Russ Green found that the head of nutrition, preventative nutrition research or some damn thing at the National Cancer Institute sat on a big soda's payroll at the uh, at the uh, uh, International Life Sciences Institute. Sounds good, right? It's a bunch of soda heads collecting soda salaries to, uh, to corrupt science. But you can imagine, he did this until his death. And uh, can you imagine being in charge of... of, of of uh, nutrition research at the National Cancer Institute while taking a, a check from Coca-Cola. And what you'd expect to come of that is, is these these organizations would be incapable of pointing to sugar as a culprit in the diet. Guess what? They're in it. They've been un, unable to do that. Hmm. So I go to the CDC's website and what do I see? What do they want to do to avoid chronic disease? Oh, reduce saturated fat and salt intake. Let me share something with you. You know the 2.8 million people are going to die? That wouldn't have saved a one of them. Hmm. Not a one of them. Yeah. Yeah, you want to have a profound impact on someone's life, take their sugar away. Absolutely. Thank you for this. Yeah, you're welcome. You've been a, you've been a you've been a great interviewer. Yeah, I've got I've got one final question for you. Yes, sir. And before I uh, I ask, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you for your incredible drive and for being a catalyst for saving so many people's lives and transforming health in so many people. It's unbelievable to see what you've built and what the community has built with you. Thank you. And how people have rallied behind this idea of eating better and moving functionally. And um, you've been leading the charge, so I want to acknowledge I, Greg for I that. I warmly appreciate that. But I, yeah. just, but I have to let you know I'm, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable, just in part humility and, and part just honesty. Um, I got I got a lot of people that put a lot of energy in, into mm-hmm. what I'm doing, have done. Um, and going back to, to my first partner um lauren glassman to all the people that support me today and including a whole coterie of folks that worked for free for years before there was a job worked for free for years before Mm -hmm. there was a job Mm -hmm. and uh once that happens it's it's hard to it's hard to me or i anything it's we sure sure, you know we did this right well i appreciate you being the catalyst yeah, thank to inspire you. People to I tell people I, I threw a lit cigarette out the window and it started a forest fire. You know? <laughs> there you go. I, you say, I'm not, I'm not the god go. of the sun. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, final question for you. Yes, sir. What's your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness? I don't know. I don't have one. It's weak, but... Nothing coming to mind? You know, 
You know, it's interesting. Like, greatness is one of those things. It's like it's like endpoint. You know, and and I'm a process guy, and I and I, I'm not so much about achievement as I'm about process. And you stay committed to process, and that's where achievement comes from. But we, we, uh, there are things that we we set out to do, and and. I don't have a sense of whether it's going to take 18 months or 50 years. And I don't care either because it's, we're going to do the right thing yeah. for the right people for the right reason. It's always, it's always paid off sooner than I would have thought, but I was, I never started with that in mind. Yeah. It's kind of like, and I use the example of a fight too. Um, I, I've been in, I've been in a lot of fights of all sorts, but I've never, I've never, I've never picked one because I was sure I'd win it. It was like it was just. It's time to do this, you know. Sure, sure. So this 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 person or concept needs their ass beat. Sure, sure. And it may not work, but it's it's right, it's right. needed. And I'm a, I'm gonna give it a whirl, you know. Hold my beer, watch this. Sure. I don't have I don't it's have a definition of greatness. Great. Thank you very much. Thank sure. you very much. Yeah, thank you. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this powerful, insightful interview with Greg Glassman, the founder of CrossFit. Again, if you haven't shared this out yet, make sure to click on the share button on your podcast app. Uh, if you're on your phone or if you're on the website at lewishouse.com slash 412, share that out with your friends on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Tag me at Lewis House and let me know what you thought of this interview. If you thought something was powerful, if you thought uh, you wish I would have asked something different, let me know. I want to know so I can make this better for you in the future. Again, check out the full show notes to hear all the things that we talked about and cover all the things we talked about at lewishouse.com slash 412 to learn more. I love you guys. I appreciate you so very much. We've got some incredible guests coming up. Oh, I'm so pumped for you guys or what we're about to bring on the School of Greatness podcast. So thank you for all you do to be a part of this incredible community of greatness and for spreading the message to all your friends. I love you and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea. Totally not speaking from experience.
Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big.